Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.06 Thursday morning. Morning to you. I'm Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. How you doing, my man? I am doing fairly well. It was uh, a little too hot for me yesterday afternoon. Oh, it was hotter than smoke. <laughs> Holy cats, it was hot. Mm-hmm. I got uh, Mary, this friend of mine that lives over in CUNA. She's uh, up uh, doing the, the services for the smoke jumpers and things. Mm-hmm. She works with them. And she uh, took some pictures, sent them to me, uh, pictures of... Uh, you know, smoke coming up out of the woods. Mm-hmm. It's just it just looks like it's devastating. And then also some pictures of uh, the planes landing in uh, Cascade Lake and picking up water. Sure. So I know uh, they've had some pretty low lying smoke mm-hmm. around uh, Lake Cascade, which isn't you know awesome. Right. My, Wanted my, to go up to Tamarack at some point here in the next couple of weeks. I'm. Mean, it's going to depend entirely on whether it's smoky or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, my my point in bringing that up was it was even hotter where she was. She you know oh yeah she pointed that out. I said something about it being hot, and she it was you know it. Oh, you think standing, you've got it bad? Yeah, exactly. When you're standing <laughs> next to a fire, my guess is it's a lot hotter. I had to cover a fire uh, north of Redding mm-hmm. when I was working in Sacramento for KFBK. They sent me to this huge, huge wildfire, and the. <laughs> See, this is why I'm, I'm glad I'm not a field reporter anymore. My my editor said, I, I want to hear the fire. Like, you want to what? <laughs> so you said, need, I want to hear the fire. Go get some, get some sound. Get up close and get some audio. Yeah. Right? Oh, my. So I, I, you know, went to a spot where there was fire. It wasn't blowing straight at me or anything. Got up close and tried to get some sound, and I melted a microphone, and I oh melted my shoes, oh and... I went back and I was like, that's the last time I'm ever doing that. You know, I, I get the need for I, that sound, but I'm, yeah. I don't was, think, I don't think that's a fireable offense. It sounds like you did everything <laughs> you could. A fireable offense. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, the only time I ever melted anything, I was at uh, Boy Scout camp years ago and we had a big fire going for a big ceremony. And uh, at the end of it, it was, you know, pitch dark. It was about midnight. Mm-hmm. And so, for some reason, a bunch of us uh, uh, were stomping out the fire. Well, in the dark, you know, I'm I'm st- I'm stomping out the fire, but I'm pretty much just standing on not red hot coals, but still hot coals. Yeah, that wasn't maybe the best way to go. And so, uh, I didn't even see it till the next morning. But the uh, all the tread on my shoes had been uh, mel- <laughs> melted off. <laughs> You're wearing deck shoes now, Chris. Pretty much, yeah. I know how that goes. Well, uh, in any case, I've I've had to cover wildfires several times as a field reporter um, to the point where we had to learn how to use the uh, what they call the burrito wrapper mm-hmm. are you familiar with that yeah it's, uh, it's like a triangle thing you got to put on your belt yeah it, it's like a thermal uh, or yeah anti-thermal or something uh, what yeah. it is is it's a it's a big um, a long enough tube that's made out of a fire retardant material and if you are to be overrun by a wildfire. Yeah. The idea is you you fling this thing out, you crawl in the tube, and which it, it just looks like a blanket, you know, mm-hmm. basically. But you crawl in the middle of it, and you seal the ends as tight as you can, so that the gases that you know are overcoming 
when the when yeah, the right. fire goes over you, you know, and it it'll get warm in there for sure. Oh, I'm but guessing you it won't will. burn. Yeah. The oh. the biggest problem though are the gases that can you know creep into your your little tube there. So you there are several fires every year in which firefighters have to deploy their little shelters. Yeah, we call them the burrito. At least we did during training because that's what it looked like. You were in you know. You're a big holding burrito just wrapped up I've, in uh, there. I've read those stories, you know, guys talking about how they were fighting a fire and one minute it was quite a ways away and all of a sudden it was, you know, surrounding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can it can get pretty crazy, uh, especially in those, you know, those big fires that are just blowing like crazy or they're just moving. I mean, really moving. Yeah, there's There was a lot of training that went into that. In any case, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. Meanwhile... There's more on the Department of Justice versus Trump's legal team. What happened at the uh, raid of Mar-a-Lago? Lawyers for the former president yesterday responded to the Justice Department in the dispute over his request for a special master. Uh, Trump's lawyers have argued to a federal judge in Florida that the review is needed to deal with the matters they argue could be covered by executive privilege. And, of course, we laid out everything that the Justice Department had to say yesterday and probably don't need to rehash that again right now. The judge in Florida, Eileen Cannon is her name, she has indicated that she was leaning towards granting the request from Trump's legal team to appoint a special master to intervene Mm -hmm. in the ongoing review of documents. It is not decided yet, of course, but she did say she was leaning that way. So we'll wait and see exactly what happens. Um, but I think that is encouraging for the Trump campaign, bringing the special master as they requested. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just you know thinking whoever it is who can uh, make uh, heads or tails out of the whole situation, and honestly so, mm-hmm. I, I think would be a great uh, appointment, whether they need a special master or you know, somebody else can do it. Just, uh, you know, perfect uh, honesty and transparency would be fantastic. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like I'd never, nothing more than to just see everybody calm down yeah, a little bit. I've too. never uh, experienced it in Washington, D.C. before, but it could happen. Mm-hmm. Could happen. I mean, it's in theory, it could happen. I know we're all kind of looking forward to football season starting up on Saturday. Are we going to get Bob Beeler to come in and talk to us tomorrow morning? I mean, usually when, well, at least when I'm here, we get Bob on the phone early in the morning. So you get in here. We're talking some football. We can start, I know we did a little bit of that already. We can, we can call him and start the negotiations. Mm-hmm. He'd probably do yeah. it for 20 bucks. Start the request period. Maybe even for less. I don't know. You know, I would be willing to do that to get him in here to talk a little bit. I, I did do. Come in, Bob. But, we might have donuts. By the way, I mean, you know that I'm doing the pregame show, so I'll be on with Richie Brockle at 3.30 mm-hmm. and then with Mike Prater at 5.30. And so four hours of pregame. I did a deep dive on Oregon State yesterday. Yeah. It's not gonna be so, a that's not gonna be an easy game on the road. Oregon deep, State isn't bad. A deep dive. They're not they're not the best Pac twelve team yeah. that we'll see all year, but they probably won't be the worst. They're well coached. They've got some speed, especially at the wideout position. They got some they got one guy that reminds me of Shane Williams Rhodes, he just kind of he lines up in the slot, and if they move him around in motion, the guy that they could run that jet sweep with, he's really good. Is he re- relatively short? 
Yeah, relatively short and quick as heck. Mm. Always finding ways to get open underneath. Fine, fine with me. I like that. Quick that's thing. you know that's that's a little but scary. You, they, you 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 really dived into the uh, Oregon State football team. Well, I wanted to see what they were all about. I mean, that, well done. You got to you got to know your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they played in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl against Utah State, <laughs> and we we know about Utah State. I, a little I laugh bit. at We've that. Seen that. I, I laugh at that, but I know that's the name of yeah, it. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. The L.A. Bowl, also known as the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. It's like, you know, we used to have on the uh, the uh, LPGA, the Jamie Farr Classic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> In any case, um, it, was, it was a good game. I don't know that Oregon's better than 7-5 again this year in the Pac-12, but, you know, getting a win against them straight out of the gate for Boise State on the road would, you know, mm-hmm. would be a nice win for them. All right, 6-15, since we're talking about sports, let's go ahead and jump to it. It's brought to you by our friends over at Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in Boise. It's because they have two locations now. Hey, if if you're smart, you're making a lunch date with a friend, coworker, say let's let's go to Fat Guys. And it's a good way to impress some people. As <laughs> the it's just delicious. Check it out today online as well fatguysfreshdeli.com. Take a look at the menu. So the first thing you need to know is that Serena Williams is still playing tennis. Um, she played her second match of the U.S. Open yesterday. Pretty impressive, too. She won a three-set thriller, 7-6, 2-6, and then came back and won again 6-2. So she's still out there playing. I know that we have been kind of you know, on this countdown, and there was even a ceremony during the first match that she played thinking, mm-hmm. well, if she's yeah. out, we got to do something. We better get this over with. Yeah, now. yeah. So they had <laughs> Billy Jean King came out and they did the thing. Anyway, it was it was kind of nice how they put it together. Well, she, uh, the, and the player she defeated was number two in the world. Mm-hmm. So she still got it. Oh yeah, she can still play. By the way, uh, she could be in the final tournament for the twenty uh, three time Grand Slam champ, ESPN's Chrissy Everett. As more on what Williams has to do to advance. She has to up her level. She she has to really be sharp. She has to get a lot of balls back. She has to dominate the points. And she has to win the points the first three or four shots because Annette will keep her out there in long rallies and Annette will move her corner to corner. So Serena has to be very sharp. And that first serve, which is the greatest in the history of women's tennis, has to be working. Chrissy Everett would know, yeah, by Chrissy. the way. Big, I was a big fan of hers when I was about 10. Yeah, <laughs> she played some tennis. But I'm only 57 now. Well, uh, Serena Williams played well enough to win yesterday. She will continue. We'll tell you more about Boise State football today. We'll try and catch up. There are some games that are on tonight, some college games, so catch up on those as well. KBOI News Time is 617. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623 now on News Talk KBOI. Special session will get started this morning in about an hour and a half. About 8 o'clock this morning is when all that will get going. Uh, we had Speaker Scott Becky in with us yesterday to talk about the governor's plan. Uh, yesterday afternoon... We heard a little bit more about some of the alternative options out there. Representative Judy Boyle was in uh, to speak 
a little bit here on KBOI yesterday and talk about, um, I, you know, Republicans all want the same thing in general. Well, they I mean, want, they at least agree on the same well, thing. They want a tax break, number one. <laughs> yeah. And they want people to get money back. What they don't all agree on is taking 400 or whatever million dollars and putting it into education permanently without more specifics. Right. They say, yeah, well, we agree that education should get some money here, but maybe not next year. Maybe not the year after. If we have it this year, sure, let's, you know, maybe do that. The idea is basically the same, though, in what Representative Judy Boyle was talking about and what the governor was talking about in terms of let's make sure everybody gets a tax break. There was also uh, the, the Judy Boyle was talking about some property tax relief as well, uh-huh. uh, or a property tax holiday, if you will. Sounds like fun. Well, I mean. Something with which it, we can get on board. There are so many things that could be attached to this. And, you know, one of the questions we had for, you know, Mr. Bedke yesterday was, this is supposed to be a slam dunk, right? Yeah. I mean, if the governor already knows going in, I've got enough votes to do this, that it maybe shouldn't take all that long. But there's going to be debate. They're going to talk about it first, even if there is the votes. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe something will change in this. Yeah, there's a 1% or 2% chance, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't expect that much will change. I don't think the governor would run this up the flagpole and call everybody back in if it wasn't going to go down exactly the way he wanted to go down. Which is maybe why special session wasn't called earlier. Why we didn't see um, it in August. He's or, he's apparently you know. ill now, too. Missed, well, I know he was a, sick the other day. Yeah, he missed a speech. So he, he could be better by now. You know, uh, I, thought, I, I know exactly thought, what you're talking be? about. There was a, there was a, a Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. deal in Pocatello that he was supposed to speak at on Thursday. Or I'm I'm sorry on Tuesday, yeah. And he missed that, and his office basically said he has a cold. He didn't attend. He's planning on being at the special session today, so I imagine he'll address the legislature and then. But I thought, how weird would that be? You know, he calls this special session mm-hmm. and then ends up, you know, quarantined with COVID. Right, or something. right. I'm, you know, I'm glad well, if it's just a cold, that's good. They did mention that as well. He had tested for COVID three out of the last four days and it tested negative each time. I imagine he'll take a COVID test again today though, just in case I know they make the governor take COVID tests all the time because of <laughs> up to the minute, the yeah. number of events that he and people that he would see during a day would probably mm-hmm. you know, make you want to do that. Undoubtedly shaking a lot of hands. Mm, absolutely. So again, special session starts at eight o'clock this morning. We'll keep you up to date on that as best we can. When it starts at eight o'clock, I don't expect, much will change right away but again we'll track it as best we can i think chris i've i've got to throw this out there okay what is the likelihood of a some kind of uh clown show going on during the special session i mean oh we uh, have seen there's the likes of ammon bundy and uh you know there's always a chance. I, I don't somebody... know that the Freedom Foundation would do anything like that during the special session. If there's already a consensus of what's going to happen with the bill, you know, they they and their you know constituents were rallying for the 
governor's head on a platter last year. So, no, I don't think that... I'm just wondering if, if, you know, anything else is going to come out of this that we would look at and go, well, thanks for the clown show. Can we just legislate, please? It's it's always a possibility that somebody will use the two days to simply make a point. My guess is it won't necessarily be somebody who is in the legislature, but it could be somebody... You know, demonstrating. Publicity stunts drive me crazy. I'm wondering if there will be one or not. KBY News Time is 628. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Back at it at 635 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with my man Chris Walton. What you got going on over there, Chris? What are you looking at? I got some uh, instant messages here. Uh, Robin, well, yesterday, she wrote this actually yesterday. We were uh, talking about uh, lies and the lies that politicians tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know, uh, Donald Trump gets accused of lying pretty much every day. Sure. Robin says, at the risk of sounding like a juvenile, I bet a lot of people can list the many proven lies of Biden, not pointing out to be a pill, just saying, take care. That's, uh, you know, the, the what about sure. uh, argument. But, uh, you know, it's it's valid if you, uh, you want to know how come, you know, one person is held to a standard and you don't think somebody else is, your opinion anyway. Sure. Uh, David uh, Carlson, I had said yesterday that Trump's uh, lawyers, uh, you know, were present at the uh, FBI investigation at uh, Mar-a-Lago. And uh, David wrote in to say, Chris, Trump's lawyer was on the property. She was told she couldn't come inside the residence and spent nine hours in the parking lot. This is another setup, in my opinion. They have been trying to get to him on falsehoods for the past seven years. I trust none of what the FBI and Department of Justice says and believe they will do whatever they want to set him up on charges so he can never hold office again. The Democrats in deep state fear this man. Thanks, Dave. I'm not entirely sure Democrats are completely in charge of those uh, of the FBI. Well, what's more, I don't know that Democrats are really fearful of Donald Trump anymore. Um, I think that was true at one time, though, absolutely. But I think, look, well, the, the, I, I know I as know, soon I as I say this, is. people are going to freak out. Well, look, it, after the election was lost... To Joe Biden, Democrats didn't fear Donald Trump anymore. Well, to they, a certain, they, to, to they a certain extent, that. though, I mean, they, they still, you know, they, they still are, are worried about the, uh, you know, the twenty twenty four election, and and he has said he is running, and it's a it's a big possibility that still he could be the sure the Republican nominee. Sure, and so not worrying about him is is probably foolish. But uh, I, I agree, you're you're right. It would be foolish not to you know weigh that into any considerations mm-hmm. of what Donald Trump is or is not going to do for the presidential run. I However, just, I know from listening to uh, some liberal media and things like that that right now they are thinking that uh, a lot of his followers are dropping off in in, in small numbers, mind you. But some of them are dropping off rather than he's that's happening and he's not like gathering a whole lot of new people. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. According to the Gallup poll, it is. But, you know, believe whatever poll you want. Sure. All, all I'm saying is it's not likely that after you lose a presidential election after being an incumbent that you would run again and win. It's unlikely. It's only happened once. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it 
couldn't ever happen. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you know, for the most part, I don't think Democrats are that word. I think they're more concerned about DeSantis right now because yeah. his his star is rising. Trump, as you say, maybe maybe he's losing a few people here and there, but he's not gaining any ground. Yeah. And I think that's what Democrats look at. And it's like, all right, we're not too worried about that. But DeSantis, that star is rising. Like maybe I, that's something to be concerned about. Like I tell all of them, you know, feel free to point out what your opponent is doing wrong, but also get better yourself. Yeah. All right. KBOI News Time is 638. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 644 now on News Talk KBOI. Going to get to sports here in just a second and talk a little Boise State football. Just want to remind you that there are some... Uh, well, let's just put it this way. If you're traveling during Labor Day weekend, you're definitely not going to be alone. Um, in fact, it could be the busiest travel holiday we've seen in quite some time. Labor Day, huh? Labor Day weekend. Yeah. People getting out of town and trying to do that thing before uh, it starts cooling down and they don't get a chance to go until, you know. Thanksgiving or Christmas, or True. You know, maybe not even there, but uh, well, let's see. There's a reporter from ABC, Janani Norman, that says, oh, let me play this audio, Nathaniel. Here we go. Transportation analytics company. Labor Day weekend traffic is expected to be about 41% worse this holiday weekend, with today and tomorrow looking to be the busiest day of the weekend as vacationers are starting to mix with those regular commuters. All right, and there were some other uh, ideas here where the destinations are going to be the most busy or the busiest airports? The busiest cities today expected to be Boston, Chicago, here in New York and San Francisco. Tomorrow, traffic expected to be heavier in places like Atlanta, Detroit, Houston, Los Angeles, and Seattle. All right. Hubs everyone. Oh, yeah. So keep that in mind. If you're traveling, it's going to be busy. What do they say? Pack your patience. Make sure you take that with you. All right. KBY News Time 645. It's time for a look at sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. They have two locations. There's one in Meridian, there's another one in Boise. If you haven't been to the Boise location, 2550 East Gowan Road is where you'll find that. If you're going to the Meridian location, it's where I usually go to. You'll find that at 1626 Southwells Avenue. Both very, very good though. Stop by and see him today at Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Let's talk football. The Broncos last year had so many issues, specifically at the running back position, because George Helani, our star, was not available. He was hurt for a good portion of last year. So a healthy George Helani coming into this season is key for a strong offensive output. Last season, when Boise State rushed for at least 140 yards as a team, they were 6-0. and in three of those games, George Helani rushed for over 100 himself. Running back coach Keith Bonaparte says Helani will be ready to carry the load. Uh, his opportunities last year when he did play a lot of the games, you know, the results and the production for the offense was really high. So it's definitely exciting, um, you know, for us as a coaching staff and for the team as a whole. Um, and that's the cool thing about George. He's a, you know, big-time team player. He's always willing to pass the credit. But at the same time, he knows how important it is for him to be ready to play, play after play. Last season, Alani was hurt a lot and many times limited. His best game was a 21-carry, 117-yard effort at Fresno State. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. 
George Halani, my opinion here, he's got to get 25 touches, or 25 carries would be great. Boise State's ability to run the football this year is absolutely essential. And supposed to be good based on the well, offensive line. I hope so. Yeah, line play will be big, but Halani's ability to get loose. Got to see it. KBOI News Time is 647. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Just two minutes until the top of the hour, 7 o'clock here on News Talk KBOI. That means we're an hour away from the special session here in Idaho. Uh, lawmakers are all rolling up to the Capitol as we speak, so yeah, uh, we'll continue uh, to keep an eye on that. I'm pretty excited, too. I can see you're jumping out of your skin right over there. I'm trying to I might myself. have something to do with the damn near impossible question, which I know you have ready to go for us. I do. Uh, the number to call, don't call right now, but uh, we're going to ask the question about 815 uh, and ask for your calls at that time. And uh, we... Uh, just give it to you right now so you can, you know, maybe work yeah, on it. Work on it. Maybe but, Google. But the number you'll need is 208-336-3700. It's for a $50 gift certificate. Good at any of the brunchette restaurants. Uh, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network. For all your real estate needs, call 208-888-4128. The question, finally. <laughs> uh, National Pink Cadillac Day is this week. It commemorates a funeral, which included a procession of approximately 140 pink Cadillacs. Whose funeral was that? All right. That will be the question for you around 8.15 yeah. this morning. You're don't, welcome don't, to go look it up now. Don't call yet. But we do, want you to win, now. is what we're saying. Uh, I can tell you the Dow futures are down almost 170 points already this morning. In the next half hour, we'll talk with our friends, uh, get an update on what's happening with the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um I know a lot of people have been concerned about it because it's four days in a row. Stocks have been down and there's not a lot of people talking about the idea that maybe it's just going to have some kind of miraculous turnaround. So uh, we'll check on that here so, pretty quick. I'm not sure if we're having, uh, we're not, uh, we're I'm not, not sure who's in for Jeremiah again today. So we're not just depending on magic to get us out of that. That's okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. KBY news time. It's seven o'clock. Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Seven oh seven on News Talk KBOI. Glad you're with us today. Uh, as you heard during the news, they laid on us that the President of the United States, Joe Biden, today is going to speak in prime time. About the, in quotes here, soul of the nation. He'll ramp up his political messaging ahead of the midterm elections in November. Uh, reading from ABC News here, Biden set to make remarks from outside Independence National Historical Parks in Philadelphia at 8 p.m. Eastern. In what will be his second trip to the battleground state this week. And he's set to speak on about how the core values of this nation are standing in the world, our democracy are at stake. He'll talk about this, according to the White House, about the progress we have made as a nation to protect our democracy 
but how our rights and freedoms are still under attack. And he'll make clear who is fighting for those rights, fighting for those freedoms, and fighting for our democracy. Now, why is he doing this in an address to the nation? Because it sounds like ramped up rhetoric to me. I mean, it it sounds almost exactly like what we heard in his messaging leading up to the last election, does it not? Hmm. It kind of sounds like a State of the Union address. We're not set to have one of those until what? <laughs> January? Uh, yeah, next next year. I guess, I don't know, he, apparently he feels like uh, it's these are important subjects. I guess so. And they do sound vaguely important. White House Press Secretary telling reporters that today's speech would be in the same vein as his messaging to the nation after Charlottesville clash involving white nationalists and on the one-year anniversary of the January 6th attack at the Capitol. Huh. Okay. Uh, Once again, an address to the nation tonight, 6 o'clock local, 8 o'clock Eastern, I'm not certain we will have it here on News Talk KBOI or not, although I have a message into uh, our boss asking if that is what's going to happen. Might be easier if he just, you know, tweeted, be good to each other. That would be nice. Uh, also this hour, uh, our friends that were filling in for uh, Nate Shellman yesterday, Neil Larson and Julie Mason, were filling in, and they spoke to Representative Judy Boyle. And uh, Representative Boyle had some alternative ideas that she was going to address during the special session today, which starts in about an hour from now. And I thought some of that might be, you know, a a good thing for us to hear. We did hear uh, Speaker Bedke's laying out the governor's plan, which makes a lot of sense that he would be on board with what the governor has laid out. We can assume that's the Republican plan in general. Yes. Representative Boyle had some other ideas that she will debate during the special session today. So we can do a little bit of that here. And again, thanks to uh, Neil Larson and Julie Mason for filling in. I know they do a, a program as well. I was looking up where they do the show. Did you find out? Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm sorry, you guys. I, I know you do a really good show. I just don't remember where you do it from. <laughs> That's how foolish I am. I apologize. I'm thinking Neil must have. It was have a good show, though, yesterday. They did a fine job. Neil must have owed him a favor. That's possible. Is it Idaho Falls? Is that, I want It's eastern Idaho. I wanted to say it was no, Idaho then Falls. It, then it probably is Idaho Falls. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, you know. I'm just throwing it out there that they do a good job, and we appreciated it, and they spoke with Judy Boyle yeah, yesterday, Nate, and we'll hear a little bit of that coming Nate, up. Uh, Nate frequently substitutes for people all over the country. Yes, he does. Where did he go yesterday, though? Uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Which concert did he go to? Uh, I'm, I can't recall. Except I want to say it, it was Motley Crue. It was, it, was, it was heavy metal. I remember that. but Ah, uh, you I, went to see Motley Crue yesterday. Our little rock dogger buddy, Nate Shellman. Yeah, he didn't talk to me about it, but uh, uh, Debbie came home and she says, uh, hey, Nate uh, wasn't even there. He went to see some heavy metal uh, concert in Seattle. 
Do we call Motley Crue heavy metal? Well, in the 80s, we did. Yeah, we did. And then I, you know, They're as, as I met more and more people from around the country, I found out there were lots of other names for that kind of yeah. music, too. Yeah. Some of them not terribly polite. No. No, not terribly polite. I have, uh, I've seen Motley Crue. I'm sure that it was not the same kind of show that I saw back in the late 80s. <laughs> Because that was a while ago. I don't know if you've seen the lead singer from Motley Crue lately. Vince Neil? Yeah. No, I have not. He's a little more swollen oh. than he used to be. So he's put on some weight then. I was I was trying not to say that. It just it was you well, know, swollen sounds like he has a It could be a medical condition. A, a, I don't know. A glandular problem I mean, or he, something. I'm not saying he's fat. I'm just saying, you know. Come to think of it, he could sw- have a glandular problem. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just playing. All right. We'll take a short break here. We'll come back and uh, we'll hear. Uh, oh, yeah, it's time for sport. Oh, we'll do sports in a minute. I was just going to say that I'm still waiting on word whether or not we will run the president's speech tonight at 6 o'clock. I mean, that's usually right around the neighborhood where Nate is on the air. and We would be able to run that. I don't know that we have to run that. I would feel different if it was addressing, Chris, a, a major issue that, you know, something in the news that just happened, but this doesn't feel like that. This feels like this feels like rhetoric to me. This is more of those uh, for for him. I, w- I would call one of his "Come on, man" speeches. Right? Come on, man. It's my favorite segment for Monday Night Football. Like, I'll tell like you I that said, much. just you know, just tweet, be good to each other, and hope everybody listens. He's addressing extremist threat to democracy, and basically, he's going to go ham on. Make America Great Again Republicans or Trump Republicans. Which I'm sure they will appreciate. Oh, man. I just, I look at something like that and say, you don't need to address the nation in order to do that. You just need to have a campaign speech somewhere. Really, there's nothing they like more than being uh, uh, grouped together and uh, mentioned by a Democrat. Yeah. So there's that. Anyway, I don't know that we're running the speech or not. I'll let you know when I hear. KBOI News Time is 7.15. Let's take a look at sports this morning. I told you that there was a lot of college football games that are on tonight and tomorrow. I'm going to run down those in just a second. First, though, i got to tell you, it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in Boise. Uh, Give them a call ahead of time if you'd like. How are we supposed to pay attention to what the president says if there's college football on? That's what I'm saying. There are some Mountain West games on tonight as well. By the way, the... uh, Fat Guys Fresh Daily will open at 10.30 this morning. You can also call your order in to either the Meridian or Boise location. Stop by, pick it up, and go. So, easy, easy, lemon peasy. It's a commercial somewhere. Uh, games that are being played today start at, is mm, this 4 o'clock, it says. I'm not sure if that's local or Eastern time. Might be local. We have to wait till 4 o'clock. St. Francis and Akron play today. Then at 5 o'clock on FS1, number 12 team in the nation, Oklahoma State, play Central Michigan. That could be cool. Number 17 in the nation, Pittsburgh takes on West Virginia. Also cool. Pretty good game. UCF and South Carolina State will play today. Number 22, Wake Forest will take on VMI. Penn State and Purdue, neither are ranked, but that's a pretty good team. That's going to be on tonight. 
Uh, let's see. Louisiana Tech, Missouri. New Mexico State will t- be at Minnesota. Pac-12 team, Arizona State, will be at home against Northern Arizona. Don't expect that to be anything less than a beatdown. Fresno State will be at home tonight on FS1. That's an 8.30 p.m. kickoff against Cal Poly. I don't know anything about Cal Poly, but as Charles Barkley would say, I know they're in trouble. Uh, I think they're in the big sky now. Mm, I know they're in trouble. (laughs) Uh, Also, San Jose State will be at home tonight, 8.30 kickoff. This game not televised, though, as they take on Portland State. So there are a couple Mountain West teams that will... uh, We'll catch up on those tomorrow morning when we do sports, but a full list of college football games leading into Friday. Not as many Friday games this week, and there are no, I'm sorry, there is one ranked team that is playing on Friday. That's Michigan State against Western Michigan. Um, and I'm not seeing any huge matchups here. I guess Illinois, Indiana isn't a bad one. TCU, Colorado State's a pretty good one. So if you're, a couple if of games looking, worth watching. If you're looking for big upsets in college football, they generally happen the first three weeks of the season. That is correct. So anyway, a big night of college football for you tonight with, let's see, one, two, three, four ranked teams playing this evening. And Fresno State may not be far out of that. KBOI News Time is 717. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723, a little later on, we'll hear from Representative Judy Boyle, ahead of the special session starting up at 8 o'clock today. But we do want to take a look at what's going on with stock market first today. Nick Daniels joins us. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, fellas. How are we doing? Oh, we're hanging in there. It doesn't look like the market's all that well today, though. Again. No, no they're all, all, features are down right now on all three major indexes, and even oil is down. And I mean, really, we shouldn't be surprised by this. Uh, the, the market is just still reeling from uh, basically Jerome Powell's very aggressive approach that he took on Friday, last Friday saying, listen, we're, we're not going to stop until we really feel like we've got uh, a good, a good aggressive approach to combating inflation. The simple approach would be, hey, Americans, let's stop buying things. But here's what's crazy to me, right? Um, at the end of August, the, the consumer confidence report came out, and those numbers were higher than they have been for the last three months. And my question is, man, I want to know what what consumers they're uh, they're asking these questions of, because for me, like. Uh, I'm not looking at I'm not looking at taking any more vacations or anything like that. I'm I'm saying, man, things are things are still expensive. I'm going to slow my own spending down. But apparently, the people they're surveying are really confident, and things are, and they're saying, no, we're more set than ever on doing vacations in the next eight months. And it's kind of an interesting mix. What's going on? Take a look at earnings today. Lululemon is going to post earnings. Uh, their expectations are to have somewhere around a dollar eighty-six per share earnings compared to a dollar sixty-five per share earnings at the same time last year. Why would we want to take a look at that? Well, Lululemon—they're kind of a, a niche athletic wear, leisure wear market. Kind of, you know, they tailor towards the let's say the more wealthier Americans. Companies that can do well targeting a niche like that to the wealthy Americans, if those, if that group of people continue to spend money, it is going to continue to help move the economy forward. This year alone, because the dollar has been so strong against the euro, 
Like France has seen a 37% increase in Americans buying properties there in France. Same, really? Yes. Same with Italy. Same with um, Spain. Because the U.S. dollar is strong, Americans are getting more for their money over there, and they're saying, hey, I can afford a vacation home overseas, whereas the market here in the U.S. is overinflated. I, I, I can get more for my money overseas than I can here. Gosh, I, I hadn't even given that a thought. Yeah, I mean, Lake Como does sound pretty good. I know, which is, again, it's a niche market, right? It's for those wealthy Americans. But for, however, those that have money, we do want them to actually keep spending it because it is good for us overall to keep the economy moving forward. You know, here's just a thought. And I, you could tell me whether I'm crazy here or not, but I know that it seems like every business in town is looking for help. I mean, if you're in a job right now, you got to feel pretty good about your employer keeping you on board. I mean, <laughs> you're not going anywhere if you got a job right now because they got 20 openings. No, in fact, it, most likely you can pick up extra hours, and if you're still needing a little extra income, you could probably negotiate with the uh, the business right next door, saying, "Hey, I work X amount of hours a week here, but I'll I'll give you a couple hours at the end of my, you know, after after this shift is done, I'll just come over and work a couple hours, and you ought to be able to negotiate your mm -hmm. way into making a little bit of extra scratch if you really need it." That's what I'm talking about. Extra there we scratch. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick, the uh, Dow futures are down 157 right now, so you're going to have to do better than that, okay? Uh, I'll try tomorrow. <laughs> I know, I know. Just kidding, buddy. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you in about an hour. Sounds good. All right. KBOI Newstime, 727. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.39, sports coming up here for you in a couple of minutes. Uh, I did tell you that uh, leading up to today's special session, yesterday, Neil Larson and Julie Mason filled in for Nate Shellman, and they had an opportunity to speak to Representative Judy Boyle, and she talked about some of their alternative plans that they will at least discuss during today's special session. Here's more on that now. Uh, well, uh, it is a pleasure to talk with you. I don't know that we've ever uh, interviewed you, you before, Representative Boyle, but give us your uh, thoughts about tomorrow's special legislative session that's being called by the governor, presumably to address the inflation problem uh, in Idaho. It sounds like you you have some of your own ideas that you want to bring to the table tomorrow. Yes, I do. I've been talking to people all over the state, uh, most especially my own constituents from my new and old district. And what they want more than anything is tax relief. I haven't had a single one of them say, all I care about is the refund. Because as you guys said not very long ago, it's gone quickly. 300, 600, that doesn't fight inflation at all. So. Yeah. I was working with some other people who are property tax experts, and they had been working on a bill. I said, well, how about we just wrap it into the special session? So here is the idea. Uh, we would continue with the governor's idea of reducing the income tax for both individuals and for corporations from 6.0 to 5.8. And we'd continue flattening that tax, and that would go into effect on January 3rd, just like his. And then the other part of this would be a property tax holiday in December. So the state would send the money 
for all the taxing districts that's on your your property tax bill to those districts directly, and you would owe zero in property tax in December. Hmm. We have the money for this. It doesn't cost uh, very much more than the governor's total bill does. Yeah. And then people would not have to be worried to death about, can I pay my property tax in December? There are so many people seriously worried about that, as you well know. People on fixed incomes and their property tax has exploded. So we have the money to do this for people. And I believe that would be a more appropriate use of money than what the governor has proposed. You know, I appreciate all the work that he and his staff have done on this. I appreciate the fact that he wants to give more money to education. But I saw in a recent press release from IACI, the big business lobbyist, that during uh, Governor Little's term of office, he's already increased education appropriations 75%. That's without this yeah. bill. So so it's your feeling then, Representative, we, we've, at least in, in recent years and in recent legislative sessions, we, we've done enough uh, when it comes to education. They don't need another $400-plus million infusion every year, at least not right now. Well, that is my belief. I mean, I'm sure they think they need more money. Um, but so do the people who pay the bills. You know, this is the taxpayer's money. We've obviously overtaxed everyone. Sales tax, income tax, fuel tax, every kind of tax that comes down the pike, or we wouldn't have this giant excess. And I was told today that Idaho has, since last July to this this July, in one year, we have gained a hundred thousand new income tax payers in Idaho. Yeah. So that it, that doesn't mean there's a hundred thousand new people paying tax. That means some of these they figure about twenty five percent are someone who's moved their corporation with them and they're also paying income tax. Yeah. But a hundred thousand new income tax payers. That is a lot of extra money. No wonder we're so awash in money, plus all the new people buying things here with sales tax. Once again, Representative Judy Boyle speaking with uh, our friends Neil Larson and Julie Mason, who filled in for Nate Shellman yesterday. I think she brings up some good points. It's it's interesting just to find out that not every single Republican is exactly on the same wavelength right now. That's true. And there are some who feel like you know, we're already giving so much money to education. We don't need to just keep forking out the cash. We don't need to open up the checkbook every time somebody sneezes. I get that. I absolutely <laughs> do. I, on the other hand, am really in favor of funding education. I'd like to see Idaho spend up to the national average per pupil on education. I, I know that's not how a lot of people feel, and I get you. Just... You know, it's nice to see that there, you know, there are other ideas and they're going to discuss it. Special yeah. session starts in about, well, 15 minutes or so at the State House. We'll continue to follow that for you here on News Talk KBOI. 
Time for sports brought to you today by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Always trust a fat sandwich. And they make them big at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. I was talking to Bob over there the other day. That new sandwich, is it's the number five. It's called the Fat Pig. It's okay. I don't take that personally. No, no, no. I wouldn't talk. Exactly. I mean, you would like that sandwich, though, Chris. Oh, I'm positive. You would, li- you would like yourself a fat I'd pig. Certainly like Walton, every... Uh, you would you would see the fat pig and say, yeah. that sucker's mine. I have certainly liked every other sandwich. Uh, I've yeah, had. he uh, he tweeted out some uh, pictures of it on social media the other day. If you go to the Fat Guys Fresh Deli Instagram and or Facebook page, take a look at it. That looks like it could do some damage to a diet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Fat Guys Fresh Deli opens at 1030 this morning. All right. We look to Boise State football. Of course, we are all geared up for the beginning of this football season. It starts Saturday with the Broncos at Oregon State. It's going to be a little bit different over there because I don't know if you knew this or not. They're trying to fix the stadium in Corvallis. And so only one side of the stadium will be used. It's the home side of the stadium right behind Oregon State. Much like how the Broncos were at San Jose State a couple of years ago where there was nobody on that side of the field. (laughs) That's how it'll be again. So when you're watching it on TV, it's going to look a little weird. Of course, the most versatile offensive weapon, though, is the Broncos running back George Helani. This season, a healthy George Helani is being expected to carry the ball around 25 times a game. Add some passes out of the backfield and punt returns, and he is going to be very busy on Saturdays something that he is looking forward to. Uh, I'm definitely ready for whatever is coming my way. And it starts with one play at a time, whether that's blocking or running the ball. I'm, I'm ready to take whatever the load is. Halani rushed for over 1,000 yards in 2019 as a freshman, but injuries the last two seasons have held him back. This season, Boise State is expecting more of what they saw in 2019. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Pre-game starts at 3.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. Kickoff at 8.30. Pre-game, post-game coverage. We'll have it all for you here on News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 7.48. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.53 on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, and along with Chris Walton, we are the uh, dynamic duo of the day, or at least the only duo that's here to do this particular yeah, job. So Daily dynamic duo. Bear with us, if you will. Uh, fill you in on a, a couple of things. We mentioned to you that, yes, the special session is just about to get going. Uh, state legislators, lawmakers, i.e. folks that get to make decisions about what happens in our state are all headed up to the state house right now, getting ready to start the session at eight o'clock this morning. We spoke to Scott Betke yesterday. Speaker Betke said that he thought they would go all day long and into the night, but they were going to try and finish everything today. So it wouldn't be a come on back after Labor Day or go into Friday, potentially Saturday. They're trying to get everything done now. And part of that will be, I imagine, if everybody sticks to the governor's plan, it won't take as long. But as we heard from Representative Judy Boyle just a little while ago, she has some ideas that uh, may or may not go over with uh, other Republicans. So, you know, 
there's at least some potential for whatever the governor's plan is to get tweaked a little bit. A potential. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I like the question you asked uh, Speaker Bedke yesterday when you said, now, is this uh, session going to last about a half hour? Yeah. And he said, said no. So it's a slam dunk, right? They're, they're, he's like, well, he's yes, not, but no. Yeah, exactly. He basically <laughs> said, no, I don't call anything a slam dunk. Yeah, I, I, I joked with him and said, yeah, so if this is all, you know, just getting everybody together and it's already decided, you guys are going to be done by 8.30, right? And he was like, yeah, 8.30 p.m. <laughs> so <laughs> even if they've already got it worked out on who's going to vote for what and the governor's plan just goes, whoop, breeze right on through, they're still going to talk about it quite a bit. Sure. Uh, tonight. President Joe Biden is set to address the nation. He's going to talk about extremist threats to democracy in his primetime speech. I got an instant message from Robin, and she says, Hi, Chris and Rick. I think it's in very bad form, the president of the U.S., to take a primetime address to attack Republicans, which is exactly what it will be. Mm -hmm. I would prefer he address the economy, the border, you know, things that affect everyone right now. He ran on unifying Americans. This kind of rhetoric will not do that. Most of the time when uh, one is attacked, they attack back. I don't think this will bode well for him or his party. Hillary Clinton called us deplorables. Obama said we cling to our guns and God. Both had to walk that back. How in the world are we to unite and work together when the POTUS is attacking an entire party? It won't change my vote for sure. And uh, she adds, yay for college football tonight. Cannot wait. <laughs> By the way, I agree with all of that. With one exception, I think our last president, Donald Trump, was pretty good at attacking the other side. Pretty good. Especially anybody that opposed an idea of his. Mm -hmm. So I would very much like to see the president of the United States not attack the other side or anybody else for that matter, because you got to bring people together in order to get things done. But it's a two-way two -way street there. John writes in and says, uh, my problems with Representative Judy Boyle's statement are, one, she does not identify the group that she is working with that agrees with her proposals, could be the IFF. Two, she states that there are 100,000 new income taxpayers in Idaho without letting us know what the source for that is. I cannot find it. Three, yes, there is an income gap in Idaho, but there is one throughout the entire country, and Idaho is much better off than many. Why, that's three strikes. Her ideas are out. All right, we'll take a short break here. We'll come right back. We're going to clue you in again on the damn near impossible question. Stand by. It's 757. Great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Special session is underway at the Idaho State House. Governor Brad Little is expected to be there to lay out his plan to give some money back to taxpayers. $300 for those who filed independently in 2020, $600 for those who filed jointly. A nice little tax break on top of that and some $400 million increase in spending to education 
the bill that he's putting forward would add that every year, that extra $400 million. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about it. And as we heard from uh, Representative Judy Boyle just a little while ago, she had some other ideas about that. And we may get an opportunity to hear more of that conversation that she had yesterday during Nate Shellman's program. So stand by for that. Uh, there's something else that we haven't brought up yet that I think is pretty important. You remember Representative Aaron Von Ellinger. He had a number of people that supported him through the initial accusation of rape by a 19-year-old intern who worked at the Capitol. There were those that uh, went after the victim in this case, and I'm not talking about Representative Von Ellinger. Put her name in the record, for instance? Yeah. Yeah, there was some of that. That's a no-no, by the way. You got to be careful about who you support and how you support them. Former Representative Aaron Von Ellinger will serve at least eight years in prison for the felony crime of rape with another 12 years or the possibility of parole for a total of 20 years behind bars. Now, this was the middle ground here because the prosecution... Had asked for forty years. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to make any judgment on uh, whether he's guilty or not. He was found guilty, obviously, but uh, I, I always hate it when a judge says that he's adding on, or at least not giving somebody a break because they uh, showed no remorse. Correct. Now, a person who was actually not guilty would probably not show remorse. On the other hand, if you're found guilty and still don't show remorse, I guess the judge. Just goes from that. Uh, that is a good question. I I think you're right, though, in saying, hey, he was convicted, but it's still an allegation. Yeah. You know, he's maintained his innocence throughout this entire process. But was found guilty. Was found guilty. Uh, this is the end of a very sad process. Number one... Maybe you didn't know this. Aaron Von Ellinger was nominated to fill that role in the legislature by Governor Brad Little. It was the governor that appointed him to that position. That didn't turn out so well for the governor. So if you want to point at any one person that may not have, you know, looked as closely at the candidate they were appointing, yeah, I guess you could well, it's, you could you could pin that there. Hard to predict something like sure that. Sure it is. Sure it is. You never expect something like that to happen. I'm not going to go into all of uh what happened during this case because it's it's horrible. It, it is, it's horrible. But uh he had a history of misdemeanor violations on his record that were all pardoned by the state of Idaho prior to the rape accusation and conviction. Um, and he represented Lewiston in the legislature for less than a year after the governor appointed him to the House of Representatives. That was back in 2020, June of 2020, as I mm. recall. Um, 
in any case, we probably won't see or hear anything more on this for a little while. Eight years at least in the old Gray Bar yeah. Hotel. Eight, eight years fixed and then 20-year sentence. It's a heck of a thing. Sorry it had to come to that. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, we have Bronco Sports today up for you next. KBOI News Time is 813. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway. Lines are jammed, and we have a nice little gift card for you today. <laughs> a nice little $50 gift card. Nice little $50 gift card. Good at any of the uh, three brunchette restaurants in uh, the area, two in Boise and one in McCall. The question, National Pink Cadillac Day is this week. It commemorates a funeral, which included a procession of approximately 140 pink Cadillacs. Whose funeral are we talking about? All right. 208-336-3700. Jesse is up first. Jesse, thanks for calling us on News Talk KBOI. How are you today? I'm wonderful. I'm glad you got in today. Pink Cadillac. Yes. Procession. Pink Cadillac. Procession. Okay. Give us an answer. What do you think? Is it the one and only Aretha Franklin? It is, in fact, the yes, one and only is. Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul. She passed away in 2018, and her... Uh, funeral in Detroit included about 140 pink Cadillacs. As you would expect. Well done. Nice job, Jesse. Congratulations you. to you. I think you're going to like the brunchette. I think you're going to like that. If you haven't already done that, you're going to be okay there. All right. Uh, for the rest of you guys, sorry you didn't get today's damn near impossible question. Maybe you knew the answer. You just didn't get in fast enough. But we'll have another opportunity for you to win tomorrow, so be listening for that. KBOI News Time is 822. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 832. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today. And Chris Walton is here with us and a special guest on the line with us. Congressman Russ Fulcher joins us today. Good morning, Congressman. Hey, good morning. Great to talk to you. Nice to talk to you as well. Where do we find you at today? I'm actually uh, back in Idaho, and it's uh, it's it's nice, but it would have been good if you'd have kept it under 105 for me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I took my girls to volleyball practice yesterday and looked down at my watch. It said it was 106 outside. He's like, you know what? Let's just stay in stay in the gym a little while longer. <laughs> Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I think so. Well, the political climate in Washington D.C. continues to climb, and I don't know that it'll get any better tonight. We understand that the president is going to deliver a prime time speech tonight, at which point we expect that he's going to pretty much rail on the "Make America Great Again" Republicans. I think you're right, and uh, uh, that's been the theme lately. So much for the Unite America talk that was part of his original campaign. But mm-hmm. we're about two months away, is all, from an election. And so you can kind of guess some of the topics. Uh, the the MAGA threat, as you point out, will likely be one of them. Uh, there will be some discussion probably about how gas prices have lowered. We'll compare them to what they were a year ago or a year and a half ago, but uh, compared to what they were 60 or 90 days ago. 
there'll probably be some discussion about uh, the need to eliminate guns in these uh, greedy uh, greedy tax cheats that uh, they need 87,000 more IRS people for and that type of thing. I'm, I'm going to guess they won't, he will not talk about probably border security. He probably will not talk about energy independence or our dependence on China or the stockpile or some of the crime that has jumped up in recent in recent months and the last couple of years. So uh, that, that's probably what we're going to get. Uh, there is uh, a new coalition of uh, state attorneys general who are asking Congress to uh, take some kind of action uh, because of uh, the way airlines are continually treating people. There are a lot of complaints that aren't being addressed. Is that something uh, Congress can t- do something about? Yeah, there's probably some, some guidelines there that can be put in place. I I, I hope not, though, Chris. You, you know, there's, it seems like government tends to get involved with everything. And, uh, uh, you know, if, a, if a, you would think that the industry could regulate itself in terms of, of that type of thing. I know that there was the mask mandate that triggered a lot of this hostility, I think, on airlines and having spending a lot of time on airlines myself. Yeah, I, I've seen the frustration as well. But also that seems to have eased when the mask mandate went away. Uh, hopefully the, the industry will, will just just deal with those things and the mask mandate being released will help. But I, I hope that we don't wind up taking that up as a federal government issue. There are a number of things that are happening in Washington that I would certainly like to ask you about. First, I'd like to ask you what you've been working on here lately. Well, right now it's it's a, a uh, what we call a, a session or our state month. Uh, August is typically that. We, of course, went back for the inflation reduction. And so this, for me, this period of time has been bouncing around the state, quite frankly, just trying to interact with as many people as I can and trying to see what's on their minds. And what the the conversations invariably go towards something inflation related or, uh, or, or the feeling that there's, that there is belief that there's corruption in various agencies and parts of the government, which is nothing new, but it's probably pronounced right now. So uh, that's a lot of what I'm attempting to do as we as we work through this. I might also point out that I, I believe within the next uh, few days, there's going to be an announcement on the from the GOP congressional conference uh, the, the, called the Commitment to America. For, if you remember back in about 94, Newt Gingrich did a contract with America hit a number of, of major topics that uh, they felt was important to to the GOP at the time. I anticipate uh, that's going to happen within the uh, the uh, uh, next few days again. It's going to be called Commitment to America. Expect to see a commitment on border security, energy independence, parent bill of rights, something to do with uh, uh, Chinese supply chain issues. So uh, that might also be why the president is doing his talk tonight and timing it the way that he did. He is. Since you're back in Idaho, we uh, have a situation going on here. Ranchers uh, are using water on federal land, streams and whatnot, as they do. The Idaho legislature, though, uh, in the past five years or so, has passed you know forfeiture laws, and the Fed says those are illegal since they are contrary to federal law. Are you aware of this, and how do you feel about it? 
Well, the water law is probably one of the most complex that we've got in the whole state. And we've got it more complex than most because we've got so much federal land. So you've got federal interest, state interest, tribal interests, and then the ongoing debate about what should go first. Should it be energy production for hydro or recharge throughout the system? So you've touched on probably the most complex that there is. Personally, I weigh more towards the local control on that, the local than the state versus the federal, just because we have federal lands, which was at the federal government's decision point. That was was their decision, and that was their insistence, not ours. I don't think we should have to forfeit our water rights that other states typically would have. So I'm going to side with the states and the locals on those types of things, Chris. Once again, Congressman Russ Fulcher is our guest this morning on KBOI. As you know, the Idaho legislature is meeting this morning. Special session today at the State House started about, oh, 38 minutes ago or so. <laughs> How much have you been yeah. keeping up with what's happening and uh, the governor's plan to allow some tax breaks, send some money back to the people of Idaho, as well as, you know, what's probably a little more controversial is how much money he wants to send to education. Yeah. Well, I think it's a laudable objective to try to return funds to the people who paid them. And I know that part of the effort is to attempt to do that. One of the things that that struck me, though, that I, I feel compelled to point out is is our education funding. I don't think we always get the full story on that. And my information is a little bit dated, but I did spend 10 years on the Senate Education Committee at the state level. And uh, my last year doing that was 2014. So it was a little bit dated, but I have a feeling that probably not a lot has changed. We continually hear that we're like 46th or 48th or last in terms of education funding which really is not, or was not, an accurate statement. And the reason it wasn't was because not calculated into those figures were federal grants, private grants, and the big one, which is state endowment funds. And so as of the, the time frame that I served in the legislature, the monies that went to education were actually in total greater than the whole state budget that the at the state level, that not including the local and county and all that. But uh, I always felt that we took a bad rap for uh, the, the press that got spread around on Idaho's education funding, and uh, there's really more to it than that. But obviously the governor feels like that uh, there's more needed there, and so uh, that's the direction they're going to go. The... Um, uh Inflation bill, obviously you guys did not like it. Nobody in, in, uh, in Idaho really seemed to like it, the Inflation Reduction Act. But it is law now. And uh, Idaho Power said they're kind of going to benefit from it because of the battery storage credits. Do you see any other positive things that will come out of it? Uh, not really. And, and the reason being is, is that uh, they're they there is going to be the majority of those dollars that wind up going to China. And the reason is, is because there's huge investment encouragement for electric cars, which needs batteries and, and windmills, which needs steel and metal and solar cells, which needs certain critical minerals. Most, if not all of which we have prevented 
regular from a regulatory standpoint, we prevented ourselves from creating that, from mining that, from producing that, from smelting that. So we have to go elsewhere to get it done. So the bulk of those dollars uh, are going to indirectly go to China, to Russia, and that's because that's where we have to go to buy these things. Recently, I, I took an energy tour in another state, and I saw a, a warehouse for some of these minerals, and it's just kind of I don't know, unsettling to me to see the sticker where it came from. In, in the case that I was looking at, it happened to be coming from Ukraine, which is minerals that we buy from them because we have prevented ourselves from producing them here. So that Inflation Reduction Act is is heavily subsidizing so-called green energy, but in the process, uh, we are sending those tax dollars overseas somewhere uh, to be to purchase the minerals and the components necessary to get the uh, products for that so-called green energy. So it was really counterproductive in my mind, and I, I see it as a as a real negative step for us long term. I know a lot of people are concerned about what the stock market is doing. Four days in a row, the market has dropped. We've been open for twelve minutes now, and the market's already down two hundred and thirty-five points. And mortgage rates going to be at the highest level they've seen in a couple of months. How much is Congress talking about what's happening with the stock market and mortgage rates? Well, it's it's definitely a, a, a factor, and, and it's an interesting animal, this, this thing called an economy, and especially the stock <laughs> yeah. market, because it trades so much on consumer confidence or lack thereof. And so if there's confidence moving forward, then it tends to boom. And if there's not, it, it tends not to, not always tied to even the DA or the uh, uh, earnings, corporate earnings and those types of things. It's a, it's a fickle, fickle thing. And right now, I think the, the confidence is, is, uh, is waning a little bit. I certainly sense that. And I can tell you that uh, the people that I interact with is a lot of that. I think part of it, quite honestly, is just, um, the the people of Idaho, the people of America, don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in their leadership, and I'm, I'm including myself in that 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 generalization. Uh, government controls a lot. We control arguably a lot more than we should. I think we do anyway, and people sense that uh, they're not comfortable with the integrity level that is exhibited through government channels, and I think that's really touching that negative confidence probably affecting the markets and and everything else no i'd honestly i i can't i can't blame them i don't think we have earned the collective we have earned that trust the way we should have congress is uh going to have to weigh a proposed uh 1.1 billion dollar weapons sale to to taiwan uh what are your feelings on that well it comes out of our stockpiles in a lot of ways we're because if you look at the timing of what is potentially going to go to taiwan and what we've been sending to the ukraine in that effort there's not time to go out and build it with a new contract or build those build that equipment so it comes from u.s stockpiles and i do get the opportunity periodically to see uh, what is happening to those stockpiles in various areas and i'm personally not comfortable with where we are at right now. I think we're vulnerable. If we were to be attacked, if we were to have a, a hot uh, war or a hot conflict. And so I understand why 
with Taiwan. Taiwan is an ally. We want to show support there. And uh, they're, they're facing a, this one China policy where they're confronted by mainland China and, and, and they shouldn't and don't want to be overtaken by that. So I understand why. Uh, but I, I, I've got personally some discomfort in, uh, in exactly how it's being, how it's being uh, contemplated. Uh, my input is to say, look, let's let's uh, be selective in, in what we can ship, when we can ship it, but let's do a, a lot of this with uh, some new contracts and, and build some more and, and supply them that way. I got one more question for you before we let you go today. It, it's kind of the big question of the day because everybody's paying attention right now to former President Trump, what's going on with the FBI. And I, I'm, I'm not looking for you to defend or not defend what the president may or may not have done. I'm only interested in what Congress is, is, I mean, what, what is the temperature and how do you follow along with that without kind of getting dragged along like the rest of the country is, you know, I, I, I think everybody wants to see this through, you know, independent eyes. Is that even possible to do that in, in Congress without being swayed one way or the other by the party? Well, probably not, to be honest. I mean, because it looks can, it looks ugly. You, no matter no matter which way you're looking at it, it looks ugly. It looks ugly, and I think the one thing we can agree on is is the need for more transparency and, and more accountability. And from the Congress is supposed to have oversight over these large federal agencies, including the intelligence community, FBI, NSA, CIA, Secret Service, but. In my opinion, in part due to the Patriot Act after 9-11 and in part uh, due to the uh, legislative branch forfeiting its subpoena enforcement power to the Department of Justice, that accountability is not there, and at least not to the point where it needs to be. And so uh, you, you see these selective investigations. It's been recently uh, on Trump or or uh, Trump affiliates that have been getting these investigations, but you don't see it coming back around on, on against the FBI or the CIA. If there is a leadership change in November, which I personally believe there's going to be, you'll see some of that to change. You'll see uh, a Jim Jordan type guy who's going to be likely the chairman of judiciary calling a lot of hearings and doing a lot of these types of accountability measures. You'll also potentially see the power of the purse tightened on some of them uh, until we get more information on how they're functioning and where those dollars are specifically going. So I think there's going to be some changes, and uh, that's the the vantage point that that at least I see it through, uh, Rick. Appreciate your time, and thank you very much for your answers on uh, those questions. I'm sure that we could probably keep you here for another half hour, but we're going to be nice and let you run. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you and the opportunity just to, to uh, speak to your listening audience and look forward to doing it again. Take care, Congressman. Thank you again. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. KBY News Time is 849. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.52, News Talk KBOI. Again, big thanks to Congressman Russ Fulcher for joining us this morning. Had some good thoughts on things, including what's happening at the State House right now with the special session going on. But I have breaking news to share with you. 
This just in. Huge news for the city of Boise from Micron. Story goes like this, reading from the Idaho Press right now, Micron Technology, one of the world's most and largest semiconductor companies and the only U.S.-based manufacturer of memory, today announced plans to invest approximately $15 billion through the end of the decade to construct a new fab for leading-edge memory manufacturing in Boise. New fabrication plant, huh? In Boise, $15 billion over the next decade. we got to figure out a way to just get like 1% of that. That's big for the area. It'll be the first new memory manufacturing fab built in the U.S. in 20 years, ensuring domestic supply of leading-edge memory required for market segments like automotive and data center, fueled by accelerating adoption of artificial intelligence and 5G. This is the first of Micron's multiple planned U.S. investments, allowing the passage of the CHIPS and Science Act and represents the largest private investment ever made in Idaho. Wow. Yeah. That's terrific. That is fantastic. Co-locating the new manufacturing fab with Micron's R&D Center and the company's headquarters will enhance operational efficiency, accelerate technology deployment, and improve time to market. It's coming to Boise, folks. I've already heard some complaints about the possibility that this could happen. People saying that this is just one more thing that will bring way too many people into the area. But uh, I don't know. that, that, uh, That may be inevitable. We are in the western United States where everything is a lot newer than it is in the east, and therefore people just tend to move out here. Well, more than that, that is a gigantic boost to the economy over the next decade. Should be. I mean, that's $15 billion with a B, mm-hmm. folks. Well, it, it does do other things. I am one of many people who have had a car on order that haven't been able to get that car yeah. that I ordered no because they don't available. have the microchips available to build the car I want. Mm-hmm. Just so everybody knows, I That's ordered why. a Ford Bronco in October of last year. That's why so many new car dealerships are completely filled up with used cars right now. That's correct. Market's been good to me in that area as well, but not having the ability to manufacture those chips here in the United States is costing our manufacturers, costing our economy, costing Americans. I mean, just in the defense sector alone, having to go to China to get the chips to manufacture missiles, guidance systems, not just for vehicles, naturally. It's a big deal. So this just came out a little while ago. There's also mm-hmm. a statement, I believe, from the mayor of Boise. Let me see if I can bring that up real quick. From Mayor Lauren McLean. Statement from this morning. This is a once-in-a-generation investment in Boise 
from a homegrown company that is critical to the economic vitality of our community, our state, and our nation. I'm so proud of the partnership it has taken to get to this point and excited for the opportunities continued collaboration brings. We looked hard at what we could do as a city to do our part to make sure this happened in and for our community, knowing that together with Micron, we will grow our economy, protect our open space and clean water and attract and sustain a diverse, dynamic workforce. That uh, issued statement from Mayor Lauren McLean. Pretty impressive. Short break. We'll be right back with news uh what else have we got coming up here in this hour oh we're going to take some calls i know that (laughs) number to call 208-336-3700 you want to talk a little bit about 15 billion dollars over the next decade coming to boise 208-336-3700 1-800-529-kboi pound 670 on your verizon wireless And as the special session continues to go on this morning, we'll have something on that for you as well. It's all coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Download the 670KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Thank you for hanging out with us this morning on News Talk KBOI. It's 9.06. Along with Chris Walton, I'm Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper, who... Promises to see we'll be back next week. Tuesday is uh, when we will see him back here because none of us will be here on Monday. We take the holiday as well. Today is a big day for the state of Idaho, the city of Boise. Uh, there is a special session going on right now. And as I understand it, there could be some changes that are being made to the governor's proposal that we can fill you in on here in a moment. Also, the big announcement coming from Micron just in this hour that they are going to really invest in the city of Boise, planning to build a $15 billion facility here in Boise. James writes in, and uh, it's like I said before, you know, not everybody is happy about it. Uh, James says, terrible news for Idaho and Boise natives. More traffic-crowded schools, higher home prices, terrible. That is one way to look at it, I'm not going to lie. I think it does an awful lot for the city as a whole. If, if you're not looking to grow the city, you know, if you're not looking to grow the economy, you're looking to keep less people from coming here, okay, I'll buy that. I understand that, that, that idea. But if you're trying to grow the city, if you're trying to grow the economy in general, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, let's see. Um, Joe, as Joe of Boise, has written in about uh, today's um, mm. special session that begins in the Idaho legislature. Joe says, uh, hi, Chris. Part of today's bill that the legislature will pass includes a tax cut featuring a flat tax rate for all thus favoring the wealthy who control the legislature. Let this sink in. According to the Idaho Center for Fiscal Policy, the top 20% of households, $113,000 and above in annual earnings, would get 58% of the benefits. The remaining benefits will go to the 80% of households that earn less. The uh, top 1% of household income levels, $557,000 or more annually, 
would receive 16% of the share of total tax benefits. It's uh, just not right that the rich get richer while the rest of us get stuffed. But then again, donations to politicians are nothing more than legal bribery. If you want to call in and talk about it, number to call is 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Paul in Napa, thanks for holding on so long. How are you doing today, Paul? If they build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. They will. Are you talking about the Micron facility? Oh, my goodness, yeah. You ain't seen nothing yet. Real, I could see the real estate speculation going on already. <laughs> not, to, not to mention Nazi Pelosi and Paul, her husband, are going to break it in, too, probably. With that announcement, buying stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for some people, it's going to be a great boon. You know, let's face it, it'll make probably millionaires out of some of them. And, you know, like the other person just said, you know, the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. And that's that's kind of the way it is. Um, you know, I I was drawn in by this little small community called the Treasure Valley and, the, and particularly Boise when I came 32 years ago. And it's changed quite a bit in the 32 years I've been here. But I talked to the people that were here that were natives before any of this came out or came down. And, uh, you know, they, they they missed what they had back then. If they only knew what they had and they could have bottled it up and kept it from happening, mm-hmm. they probably would have done that. But you can't, you know, no matter how you see progress, if you call more places being built and more cars on the road, more kids going to school, um, if you call that progress, then I guess that's progress. But you know of any you know, place that's been successful, uh that has thrived as a, as a city who has taken the time to try to get people to stop moving there and succeeded. No, I, I can't, I can't think other of a one than, other than where I grew up. And, uh, that, no, where's that? Monterey, California. They kept it small. They didn't allow certain building. They, they, they only allowed certain new permits for new home building. Hmm. California tax code didn't help. I know they well, can't expand to the West. Uh, yeah. You know, but the thing that drew me in coming here for a vacation was the small town feel of it. I mean, I pulled up to a stop sign about the third day I was here, and it took 30 seconds for people to stop waving each other on until somebody would finally make the move to <laughs> actually go, go through the intersection. Hmm. Friend of mine, that, friend of mine from Minneapolis called that a Minnesota traffic jam. <laughs> You go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Exactly. But Paul's not. Paul's not a fan of this new uh, Micron no, no. building. I see, I, see, I see some people becoming very successful at it too. You know, it's not just the rich are going to get richer, but somebody's going to have a salary of say fifty-five thousand dollars a year, whereas they had had a salary for thirty-five thousand dollars a year. But you know, getting the requirements to be able to work at Micron are going to be difficult for a lot of people that are here. It's not going to be simple. You're going to have to get certain kind of passes and and, and pass a background check and, and and maybe even a financial background check. Well, I mean, isn't that anywhere? I guess it is anymore, yeah. So uh, look, I could see this being a really big and great situation for some of those students that are at Boise State right now, and they're, you know, they're majoring in computer science. And they're hearing yeah. that, hey, over the next decade... 
I might be able to stay right here in Boise and not have to go to Silicon Valley in order to work in computers. You and know, you don't want to go there. Believe me, if you've ever been no. through there. Well, I, I mean, I, I have been through there. I know what it costs to live there. I know that I wouldn't want to. I'm just yep. saying that having a big new facility that's doing really important things for the entire country is a pretty good thing to have in your own backyard. And yeah, it, it, it does, you know, help. I'm sure there's a lot of small business owners that like the idea of, you know, something else that's going to drive people's uh, paychecks to be a little bigger and maybe a little better over the next several years. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe business. I'm way off base. I think it's. No, I think this is really good news. There's there's small businesses that will inevitably get the trickle down effect, but I don't see it as a gold mine for them right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just okay. it's not going to happen. I can see that. Hey, Paul. There's thanks much, very much yeah. for the call today. You have a great day. Enjoy the 100-degree heat. <laughs> Better than 106. I know that much. Thank you very much for the call. Your calls are welcome. 208-336-3700. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. KBOI News Time 913. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 17 after 9 on News Talk KBOI, taking your calls at 208-336-3700. Phone lines are starting to fill up. We're going to start with Matt in Boise. Matt, thanks for much, so much for calling us this morning on KBOI. Well, thanks for taking my call, guys. Yes, I, so I've, I've been a long-time listener of you guys, uh, and I call in sometimes, and I'm, I'm a small business owner myself. I, I moved here from from California in, in 1995 after kind of the dot-com crash. I was a, a contractor out there. Um, I was actually born and raised in California, and as a native there, um, I feel a lot of the, the same, uh, or I'm getting a lot of the same things from the natives here in Idaho, too. It's kind of a, you know the same paycheck, but just different location from what you're hearing. And, and I, I agree with the natives here. I, I think... There's a yin and yang to it. You 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 want to prosper, but you want to prosper without having things, uh, I guess, get too expensive. And I'm I'm in that same position. Even as a contractor, my my expenses have gone through the roof. My labor my labor's gone through the roof. My parts have gone through the roof. But I'm still not able to charge what I need to charge to to make some of that money. So this the last few years have been probably the toughest that I've ever had since I've been in business. Um, I hope it gets better. I'm sure it will. Um, I I see what this, what this is kind of what California was in the, in the mid eighties to nineties when all the growth is happening in Silicon Valley, it's, it's happening here now. Uh, It's, it's, it's a, it there again, the yin and yang to it. As much as I hate it, I have to depend on it. If that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, it's it's a tough it's a it's a tough weight of scales and and how you and how you approach it and uh, I, I think for having Micron do what they're doing from a geographical sense it's necessary we need to have less dependent on on foreign entities providing for us and creating an a, a, an R and D lab or a semiconductor lab or something that's going to produce. Uh, a situation where we're not dependent on waiting on other people or 
the chip shortage that we have. I mean, in my business for what I do, the chip shortage has cost me the same as it has in the automotive industry. And uh, I, I, I'm welcoming the, the growth with that. And, but on the same scale of the whole Facebook thing coming in, I'm not so, I'm not so enthusiastic about that. Oh, you're talking about I, the uh, meta facility out in CUNA. Correct. Yeah. Right, you know, right. I just, I, for what it's going to do, I don't know. I, I don't know if, and if any of us know what it's all supposed to do, if you know, for that matter. But I think for companies like Micron that want to expand, um, obviously Micron is a staple here. It's been a staple here for many years. I, I think we should welcome it. And the last call I did completely agree with is where are these people going to come from? These are highly skilled, highly technical jobs. Where, where are we going to find this? find this stuff because I don't think we have schools like that, that, that teach this, this sort of thing. It's way, way beyond my, my level of comprehension. I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, a tradesman contractor. It's I way above my scale, you know, but Mm -hmm. I I can tell you this, we need it. We need to have it. If, if we want to grow and growth is inevitable, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter if it's big town or small town. Growth is going to happen. It's just a matter of what scale is it happening, going to happen at. Sure. Um, you know, I have family in the Midwest. They're telling me the same thing. Maybe it's not to the level it is here in Boise, but they're still growing out there. It's just, it's, we can't stop it. it it's, a, it's a fire that started long before we were ever around, and it's going to be here long after we're gone. Mm-hmm. So how do we embrace it? I, but I think we need to embrace it responsibly. If it gets out of hand, like it has been for years now, the housing prices and cost of living it's just it's who can afford it who who can yeah i realize that growth is a double-edged sword but i i think you're on to something there growth is going to happen what kind of growth do you want to happen do you want to have something like this where they're spending a whole lot of money and bringing in highly technical jobs or do you want another type of growth that, you know, may come from, I, I don't know. I, I think you're right, though. It's a double-edged sword. Matt, appreciate the yeah, call today. Thank you. You take care. We, we've, we've talked about how this sort of thing, like, you know, Micron building a much larger plant here uh, creates not only jobs at the plant themselves, but, you know, but jobs uh, that, you know, have maybe just like one or two degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. And... The estimate is that there will be about 2,000 people working at the plant itself once it's completely built, but that in the meantime, it'll create around 17,000 jobs in this area. Uh, and and 2,000 people working there, that's pretty huge. What he was talking about, the, the Meta facility, which will be over in CUNA, uh, that's, uh, when it's all finished, it will ultimately only employ 100 people. Right. Yeah. There are a lot of things that that is supposed to bring out to CUNA as well, although I know they're, they were discussing something about water the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 921 now. Tony, thanks for calling us, Tony. Appreciate your call on KBOI today. Hey, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for accepting my call. Sure. So just a couple quick things. Um, I totally support the Micron thing. I'm excited for it. I'd love to see the growth. I'm also super supportive of the Meta facility coming out. I think that that's rad. 
And I think that um, there's a lot of people complaining about their diamond shoes being too tight. Um, you know, we're, we're complaining about growth when there's other cities across the nation that have huge industries that are leaving or um, people are losing jobs and, and towns are struggling because of that. And we're sitting here complaining about growth. But I think um, the original reason I called was in my industry, um, I get to talk to a lot of people, uh, a lot of locals um, who are sharing their opinions about um, people coming in from other states. And I feel like there's a lot of hypocrisy here because, um, like you were saying, and the other person was saying it's a double-edged sword. You know, we want the growth, but we don't want the we don't want the growth. We want the high prices of the real estate so we can take advantage of those prices, but we don't want the people coming in. Well, there's a bigger hypocrisy. It's that the people coming in from out of state, once they get here, okay, close the doors, no more people. I'm here, so I'm good, but um, no more people. We don't want any more people, like the two callers. I moved here because of a small town. Dude, you moved here. <laughs> like you were, you, you moved here. You know what I mean? You're part of that growth. And now all of a sudden you're complaining because we grew. Like, everybody likes to think they that, everybody likes to think they have an original idea, but uh, quite often they don't. Right. Sit, sit in rush hour traffic, you find yourself complaining about rush hour traffic, right? You're com, you're adding to the rush hour traffic. You're you're a car there. You think other people want to you know what I mean? But yeah, my point is is that once we get here it's all of a sudden we don't want anybody else here. And I think that that's the wrong way to look at it. We should accept the growth. Things could be worse. And, um, you know, where are we going to get these people? They're going to import them. I mean, plain and simple. And import just not from, you know, other states, from, from everywhere. And I think that that's going to add to the, the diverse culture of our city. So there's a lot of positives. I think we need to look at the positives and not just like, oh, it's going to, you know, we're going to grow too much. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Tony, thanks very much. Appreciate your comments yeah, I think today. the mayor feels the same. Well, the mayor is all kinds of excited. Uh, we read her, uh, well, it would, you know, it, it reads like, thank God this is happening here. <laughs> but, I mean, it's $15 billion over a decade, you know, for, like I said, for a lot of people that can, are working for the city of Boise. This is really, really good. Like I said, know? if we can get just 1% of that. That's $150 million, which they're going to spend 100 times. Rich is in Caldwell. Hi, Rich. Thanks for calling today. How are you? Thanks for, thanks for getting me in. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm having a hard time hearing you right now. Are we on speakerphone? Are you there? Yes. All right, Rich, I'm just having a hard time hearing you. Speak up a little bit for me. Okay, I'm calling about the Micron thing, and I just wanted to say on a grander scale for all the bad that it does there in our community. That's not going to work. Tell you what, man, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll take a break. We'll come back to you after the break if we can clear things up a little bit. But you were you were cutting out there. Maybe you could just pick up the handset and we'll, we'll give that a shot. KBOI New Time is 927. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. It's 9.33 on News Talk KBOI. 
Got a line open for you if you want in, 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We're discussing something kind of important. It just came down in the last half hour or so. Micron Technology, the world's largest semiconductor companies, and the only U.S.-based manufacturer of memory chips has announced plans to invest about $15 billion through the end of the decade to construct a new fab for leading-edge memory manufacturing in Boise. $15 billion. It's a, a lot of, of money. It's a piece of change. That is a piece of change. <laughs> Daniel writes in, and like the caller a couple of callers ago said, uh, he says, I got a kick out of the guy that moved here because he liked the small town feel and now complains about others moving here. Right. Right. All right, Lee, you've been holding on long enough. Thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. How are you doing, Lee? I'm doing well. You know, I'm a native. I was born and raised here, lived here my whole life. And, uh, you know, when I graduated high school back in the day, Meridian was, you know, 8,500 people and now it's like 85,000. So, you know, growth, growth is good for the economy of Boise. And I'm, I'm happy that Micron's doing what it's doing. But the thing is, though, is that we have to consider when companies invest here and, you know, I've always called them transplants. People that have come in, you know, because they're unhappy with their living situation, whether it be California, Florida, Oregon, wherever it is, you know, the, the cost of living here is different than in their state. And so when they move here, if they come with, you know, a house down there, um, like a house that's here, if they lived, if it was in California, they could sell it for like a million dollars, a $500,000 house. You could probably go for a million dollars, 800000 something like that. So they sell that. In California, come here, they buy, you know, one house, two house, whatever it is. And it actually drives up the cost of, you know, the prices of houses because realtors can think that they can sell it for more for people that are coming out, which unfortunately, as the gentleman said, is a catch 22 overall because it drives up prices here because people are buying more, they can afford more. But as the economy grows, things are going to cost more. But, you know, the cost of living and the income ratio that in Idaho is really way off. I mean, if there's no plateau, you know, it's not, there's no even point. So it's really hard for people like such as myself that can look at things, well, oh, I moved here so many years ago and, and to a small town so I could afford it. And then you complain about it here. Well, dude, we've been dealing with this for as long as we've lived here. Yeah, not a new problem. So, you know, you really have nothing. It's not a new problem. But the thing is that we have to really understand that with growth, um, whether it be Facebook building something out there, you know, or, um, you know, Micron expanding or HP building in or, you know, for example, Amazon building a big facility over in Nampa. You know, that brought a lot of jobs and created a lot of jobs and brought a lot of people in. But... Um, we got to have some place to put those people. You know, they got to be able to uh, live here and have houses and, and, you know, and so forth. So it is a catch-22. We just have to be able to adapt. But I think just people need to understand that, you know, there's going to be some growing pains with it. And, you know, people that have lived here for, I mean, I don't know how long. Chris, I think you've been here for, what, 
uh, most of your hundred years, my, my entire yeah. life. I've never yeah. lived any place else. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, people that have lived here their whole life, we've been through these growing pains, so it's really nothing new to us. We just have to learn to adapt. So, all right, Lee. Icon. Yep. Thank you very much. Appreciate yep. your time today. Uh, Joe says only the lazy do not get rich. The people that paid the taxes should get the rebates. Anyone can get ahead if they work and take advantage of the economy, etc. Uh, you're making it sound very easy. There's probably a little bit more to it than that. But uh, if, if you do have a good work ethic and take advantage of your opportunities as they come and manage your money in a smart way, which is difficult to do, then sure, I imagine eventually you could uh, be relatively well off. It doesn't guarantee you're going to get rich, though. I know that there's probably at least one industry that's really excited to hear what's going on with Micron, and that would probably be the guys that are already building homes here in the area. Because as we've talked about for the last couple of weeks here, people have been backing out of their deals like crazy. Mm-hmm. They've been backing out for a number of reasons. Number one, they can see that things are coming down, that the industry is not as hot as it was. Maybe by pulling out of that deal and waiting a couple of weeks, you can get the same house a little bit cheaper. I know that Corey Barton was uh, one of the big builders in CBH Homes, Mm -hmm. uh, was talking about the number of new home builds that were already in progress, but seeing that people were pulling out of deals and new homes are now sitting open waiting for a buyer. It's a little different than what we've seen. He was afraid that he was going to take a bath on some 300 homes that are in the process of being built and not have anybody go get them. I mean, I'm just talking about one particular guy that's probably really excited, but all those guys that are out there building those homes know that, well, I, get to keep my job at least for a little while uh let's see brandon of boise says i just received my annual escrow analysis and my mortgage payment is increasing 12 percent thanks to property taxes this could hit people hard going into a slowing economy with falling home prices and continued inflation i now have less money to spend and save and you can bet that landlords are going to be passing these costs to renters I appreciate that the state and county at least appear to be frugal with our tax dollars, but it's a bad look when the city of Boise doesn't hesitate to waste tax money on progressive wish list items, which are outside of the core role of a city government, i.e. how much money are they spending on the pride parade. Regardless, something needs to be done with the property taxes so they are not automatically linked to the home values or our taxes will continue to get out of control. I'll tell you what I'll be doing with the government check that we'll be receiving from the state of Idaho. Our little tax break, whether it's three or $600, that's going in the bank. That's what I'm going to use it for. I'm going to help pay my property taxes with it. Am I really excited that I, I don't get to spend it on like a big screen or something like that? Sure, but <laughs> I mean, you got to be smart with your money too. Kevin in Caldwell, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. How are you, Kevin? Great. Good morning again, guys. How hey, are you? Um, I'm all very good. Right on. I'm all for um, all for the uh, Micron expansion with one condition, and I'm going to sound like a racist for saying it. 
So I would be in favor of it as long as they hire Americans. They're using American taxpayer money to fund this thing. And unfortunately, with the past CEO or the sports present CEO, they have out, I shouldn't say outsourced a lot of jobs, but I know that a lot of locals have been laid off in favor of foreign employees who've come in from India for cheaper. My son just graduated with his master's from Purdue. He's working in Baltimore. He'd love to come back to Idaho. He wants to get back to us. I'll bet. But the problem is, is if they're hiring cheap electrical engineer labor out of India, why would any American go to work there? I mean, they're just basically, you know, lowering the denominator. And I hope they don't do that with this money. I hope they hire American workers. I don't care where they come from in America, just as long as they're Americans. And it doesn't matter race or anything else. Just hire American. We've got to stop doing this cheap labor thing. I don't know why we try to cheapen labor up when everything else is getting more expensive. Well, Mike, I think you're onto something there. Um, and I, I, didn't, I don't know that that sounds racist. I think you're a patriot and you want to see, you want to see American jobs go to American companies. I, I can get all that. I can get on board with it too. Ameri- here's, American here's my workers. thought. American workers. I'm, I'm a little more concerned. I'm a little more concerned about Chinese workers coming into the area. I mean, and here's why. China is where they're all being built right now. I could see a United States employer like Micron saying, well, who knows how to build these? Who has the most expertise in building these? Well, those jobs are all in China right now. That's where you have to go to get it. So I could see looking at China as a viable place to go and start bringing people in from. Just right off the top of my head, I would say that, you know, it's it's a worry. That is that is a viable concern. You're right there. But but currently, with, with the makeup in uh, Micron and Boise, it's India we have to be concerned about. I see. Well, well thank so, you very much for the call. You take care. Oh. So, right on. Basically, just Asia in general. Yeah, it's, a, again, it's a bit of a catch-22. But, again, I think this is great for Boise State. Because I can see the university and the wheels turning. Hey, we've got this great opportunity right here in Boise to get some of our, some of our kids right out of, out of college going to work. Well, you got to have a training program. Well, okay. We've got a university. It's a thought. Mm -hmm. Mike in Eagle. Thanks for calling us today, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Thanks, gentlemen. I was Boise City Planning Director when HP came looking for a location. And uh, it was interesting. We had the same reaction then as uh, people are beginning to express now against something like that happening. But what people forget is that at that point in time, Boise was known as the largest mobile home manufacturing uh, area west of the Mississippi. So we, HP came to town. We uh, obviously there's been a lot of change since then, and when people now start getting scared about so-called growth, every one of the callers that calls in is responsible from one of two perspectives. They either, by their own freedom of choice and mobility, have moved here, 
or they have lived here and they have had children. And those children have gotten married, perhaps, and have stayed here and have families. So everybody here is responsible for growth from either of those two perspectives. Now, having a facility like that, absolutely, it's going to impact things. But we can either sit and keep our head in the sand. Uh, we can't stay stagnant. We either grow or we dwindle. And you can see uh, through the Rust Belt and many other areas of the country where there is no growth. And as a result, uh, everything is stagnant, and it's difficult to keep uh, people there, their children uh, employed and so forth. So anyway, it's just the same old story, same old song from the uh, 70s to now. Some uh, great opportunity comes along, and suddenly we are scared to death. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm following you. Thank you very much, Mike. You Appreciate it. Bye. Take care. Glad you're listening to News Talk KBOI today. Special session is going on right now. As I understand it, there may be some tweaks to the bill that the governor has proposed. We're going to talk about that a little bit as well. If you want in, got a line open for you right now, 208-336-3700. KBOI News Time is 946. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Rolling up on the end of the program here, 949 News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington here for Mike Casper today along with Chris Walton. All right, couple calls left here. Let's jump straight to it. Rick is an Eagle. Thank you for calling us on KBOI, Rick. Yeah, uh, thanks for taking my call. I've got a, yeah, I got a question, you know, and I've got a gripe too. It's a uh, uh, price of gas in the valley. Uh, yesterday, I, I don't know what the price is today, but uh, as of yesterday, the refined price for a gallon of gas was two dollars and sixty-three cents. Now. You know, that's $2 a gallon more than the refined gas. And I get that. There's a markup. But holy crap, you know, over $2 a gallon, uh, somebody is making a lot of money. And there's only two distributors in this valley that that control the whole thing. And these guys, uh, in my mind, are making more than their fair share. And that's all I've got to say about that. And I'm I hear you. Rick, thank you very much. I'll tell you, I paid $4.60 for a gallon this morning on my way to work. I stopped at Gassed Up. Yeah, it was really early, and maybe they changed the price since, you know, 3.30 this morning. But, yeah, that's what I that's what I paid, four sixty. The gas station owners that we talk to, and we do frequently, tell us that they are not the ones that are getting rich off this deal. No, that usually comes at the other end of the supply chain. Usually. But I, I'd be I'd be lying if I told you I know exactly how it works. <laughs> John in Napa, thanks for calling this morning on 670 KBOI. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Wow, what a mess this has turned out to be. Which mess? The, prop, the, pro, the taxation of, of people coming into the valley and then people complaining about it, and then the people that are here in the valley complaining about the people complaining about the complaining about people that are coming into the valley. We're not complaining. They're just not very well articulating. I don't know that I could do very well either. But the problem is that the people coming in, 
it's the tax code that we as native Idahoans get saddled with by their moving in. And what I, and I've said this before, what I mean by that is that the, the, the sixplexes and triplexes and all these apartment buildings flying up out of the ground, those people are not paying the property tax that you are. Now, you could say, well, it's been figured into their, but it has, but they get a cut rate. We are paying for their kids, and there's every single one of them has like two or three kids piled in those apartment that I've seen. I, haven't, I, I didn't go door to door, and I didn't knock. But the ones I've seen, they got four or five kids. Okay, just back that up. Two or three kids <laughs> that, I am, that I am paying, and I don't have any kids anymore in school, that uh, I'm paying for their education. They're not paying their fair share, and it puts all this burden on us. That, and no matter how you mess with the price of stuff, it's not going to help us at all, the Native, Ameri- Native Idahoans, take care of uh, what we have to take care of. It, we were just, we bought our house and we lived here, we grew here, we had our kids here, and then somebody comes in, some interlopers come in and mess it all up. And the, and the guy talking about the gas prices, that somebody's not getting, is getting more than their fair share, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No one's getting any, any rich off the gas pr- prices right now. I, maybe a foreign country, maybe Putin is, but nobody in America, is, no, no, no American gas company is. They got their profit at the beginning of this when the prices were low. They, they had a bigger profit margin. Now there is no profit margin, and that's the people of America's voting stupidly about who and what they put into office. You wanted Joe Biden, you asked for it, you got it, and when you see the sticker on the pump that says Joe Biden did this, did this, they're absolutely correct. And we have to pay for your kids to go to school, and it's way over your head. Biden did that. Everything is a domino effect, and it one crashes into the other. All you have to do is pick out the pieces and find out what connected to what, and you'll realize what is happening. No, it's not people coming into Idaho necessarily, but that is the that is the highway by which this economic disaster came to us on. John, wow. thanks for the call. Yeah, you get it all out there. I did. All right, on. <laughs> Bye. appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> he was excited. Different John says uh, regarding Micron. It's not the Stephen Appleton company it used to be and never will be. This is an R and D fab, no production. It won't be hiring Boise residents. They will be from outside the U.S. It's all smoke and mirrors. Heck, we already have the water aquifer being depleted in the Treasure Valley. Building more of these fabs are highly water consumption intensive. The question should be, can the Treasure Valley handle this type of expansion? Well, I know what other places have done where I've lived. Bought a new home. Punted? Clear back in the day. This was in in Reno. Mm -hmm. My last radio job that I worked and in buying the new home in the new neighborhood, part of the builder's responsibility for building this new set of homes. They also had to put in the fire station. They are also responsible for putting in the park. They were also responsible for putting in a lot of the other pieces of infrastructure that they weren't going to saddle the rest of the entire community for building this one place up. Yeah. So, you know, everybody that was buying a new home there had to pay quite a bit more because all those pieces were part of buying into this new neighborhood. Right. 
very uh, we don't we don't see a lot of that here though is my problem they're not enough infrastructure that's coming into it very quickly laura says get off john's lawn talking about the last call <laughs> all right guys that's going to do it for us today we'll come back tomorrow and tell you what we know about the special session until then it'll be on at three we'll see you then